Major League Baseball playoffs started yesterday. AL getting their first crack at it. NL starting this afternoon. We have a question on Twitch. If the Astros make the World Series, will people think they cheated? Because the Astros beat the Twins yesterday 4-1. to one. We say good morning to RJ. Hey, RJ. Oh, hey. Nelly, let's start with you. If the Astros win the World Series this year, will you think it's because they cheated? I think you'd be able to hear if they cheated. <laughs> right, you'd yeah, be able to hear them banging on, <laughs> trash, on cans. trash cans. Uh, El Tuve will be running around like so known to rip his shirt off again because he got a buzzer on him. I think if they I won, got a new tattoo. Yeah. I think if they won the World Series, it it would more or less justify that they were a good team. Yeah. And that e- cheating may have helped them win a World Series, but they were still a good team. Yeah. But let's go back to the big stat here. Hey. hey the Twins have lost 17 playoff games in a row. Isn't that incredible? That's ridiculous. That's yeah, they incredibly have it, sad. It goes back to 2004. Right. You have not won a playoff game. And if they lose one more, they're done. Yeah. 16 years. 16 years, 17 games. I know one of our uh, listeners... Maytag man, Zach Ranhat. Mm-hmm. Big Twins fan. And if you're a Twins fan, I would love to hear from you of just 17 losses in the playoffs in a row. That is, uh, how do you? You have to how be do you get so up? uncomfortable when the playoffs start. You're like, like oh, no. You just, yeah. Like, you got to be so excited that your team qualified for the playoffs, and then so. And you're just like, oh, no, the oh, playoffs are oh, starting. Oh, God, No. <laughs> Wow! No. Yeah. Well, they no. got didn't the the Twins got on the board first, and then it all kind of just yeah. In the third inning, the Twins got on the board first, yep. and then it was what one inning in the seventh for the Strohs, and it was one to one, and then three the top of the ninth for yep. the Strohs, and all of a sudden the Twinkies are like, "What do we got to do to appease the baseball gods so we can get a win?" RJ, did you watch much uh, play of baseball yesterday? I know you're working for some of it, but when you got home? Yeah, when I got home, uh, you know, I watched the end of that game. Uh, what was the other game going on right at that time, too? It was, another, it was like four. White Sox, Athletics? Uh, Twins, Astros? That, that was an I afternoon watched that game. game. Yeah, that's uh, the one. Yes, there was another game, one. like, going on at the same time. White Sox, Athletics were on and around. the Athletics won four to three? No, 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 no White no. Sox won four to one. And then it was Tampa. Then Tampa and the Rays won three to one over the Blue Jays. Then the Yankees beat the hell out of the Indians twelve to three. Yeah, I, w- I watched like most of. Well, the reason that I ask is when you're watching the playoff the games, game. what did it feel like for you? Because usually I was telling Nelly, felt like the season. Yeah, because usually in the playoffs you can feel like the tension in the air. Yeah. Just, the air feels thick. I I mean, outside of them just reminding you, it's the playoffs, wild card, three game series. Like doesn't feel like it. <laughs> Why is a wild card a series? It should be one game. I okay. See, I kind of like this. I, but it, it's, I like this the three game series. Everybody's over. playing. It's the first round. Yeah, this is like this is like them trying to say this is the play in games. It's not. <laughs> You've seeded it one through eight, man. Come on, man. Come on, man. All right. So today, starting at eleven o'clock, is the Reds taking on the Braves. So and then at noon. You got the Strolls and the Twins going back at it. Then at one, Marlins, Cubs. Let's go, Marlins. Nelly, every time the Marlins get into the playoffs, what happens? They win the World Series. I know. Last time the and Marlins were in the, the playoffs. the last times they were in the playoffs and they were at Wrigley Field, it was the Bartman Series. Isn't that Cubs, incredible? Cubs, let the fans back in. <laughs> no, they need. To, I was saying this to Nelly yesterday. They're, since you can't, we can have one fan in. Let Bartman in the game. Let Bartman into Wrigley Field. Let him in. And let him just kind of just sit where he, he was. He'd be, he'd, no, he'd be sitting last row of the upper deck and still get blamed for the loss. Oh, my God, yeah. Okay, so Bartman, obviously the Cubs won the World Series in 2016. They gave Bartman a ring in some like secret ceremony. Do you think Cubs fans have truly forgiven Bartman? Or if he were to, let's say there were fans in the stands and Bartman showed up, do you think they'd tear him limb from limb? I mean, the best part, it wasn't even him. I know. It was the Cubs. No, it was the other dude. Well, And it was the Cubs, yeah. like the self-implosion. And there's no way Alou is catching that ball. No. No. Anyone would have done that. Yeah. I'd, In fact, everyone was doing it. Everyone was doing it except Bartman. <laughs> His hand was not out there. Do you think Cubs fans would still attack Steve Bartman t- today if there were fans in the stands and he went to the game? Because he's, he's a recluse. He's going into hiding. Yes. They would. Oh, so Absolutely. do I. Supposedly they say they wouldn't. They would. They totally Have you would. ever met a Cubs fan? Oof. I've met Dave from Monona. Yeah. yeah. 
Dave from Monona's already. Guy, that, he does. He's not going to forgive Bartman. No, Dave from Monona. I know he's listening because he's tweeting at me already. Dave, do you, have you forgiven Steve Bartman? They haven't forgotten the guy who brought the Billy Goat. <laughs> <laughs> That was like what nineteen oh nine. Yeah, that was after after they won the 08 World Series. Yeah. Guy wanted to bring his billy goat in, and, and not two thousand. No. Right. Yeah, I they just have not it. forgiven that guy yet. So and there's nobody alive who knows that guy. I don't even think there's no one alive in the next generation that knows. That yeah, guy. hell, that kid's kids aren't even alive. <laughs> yeah, which kid? The goat. <laughs> Wait, hang on. Is that why? No, Dave always stayed from Monona, a giant Cubs fan. He always talks about getting with sheep. Maybe he hates goats. Maybe he's trying to exercise the demons. demons. Maybe it's projection. He's really been getting with that goat. <laughs> what the hell was that? <laughs> so I, I just know. pulled up uh, Dave. the Twins. <laughs> the Twins' last win. It was game one against the Yankees in 2004. Johan Santana was the pitcher of, of <laughs> the winning record. <laughs> Johan Santana. And, and by the way, you know who still played on that Yankees roster? Gary Sheffield. No way. Wow. Yeah. Wow, indeed. That's crazy, man. <laughs> Gary Sheffield. That's nuts. Many moons ago. That was the last time the Twins won a game in the playoffs? And yeah, the 2004. Yankees won like four in a row. and Yeah, Yankees won three straight. Okay. Twins fans, yikes. All right, so Marlins Cubs today at one. I'm very intrigued in that one. You know what the one I'm interested in? Padres Cardinals, because the Cardinals consider themselves the keeper of the unwritten rules of baseball. Oh, God. Right? Oh, Jesus. And what have we heard this year about the Padres? They love having fun. They do. They don't care about the unwritten rules. That's the good point. I hope to God the Padres break every unwritten rule in baseball and put a big middle finger in front of the team that only played 58 games that if they would have lost their final two games, they would be the seventh seed instead of... Yeah, because we were talking about this. How come they didn't play? How come they didn't decide? And baseball all talked about it. It was just super tiebreakers. If there were going to be meaningful games, they had to play them. And they were meaningful games. Right. The... So they the went to Reds tiebreakers. still had a choice or had a chance of being the second team, the number two team in an automatic and qualifier. I, I like that. I think it was Trevor Bauer who yep. put out a tweet saying, yep, like, why are they not playing again? Yeah, that's insane. And, and here's the thing. If you're the Reds. I'm pissed. You're you're mad, but then at the same time, you probably didn't want to play the Padres. No, You wanted true. to play no. the Braves over the Padres. Yes. So for sure. But still. But, I, but yeah, for... Just the fact of the season was 60 games. You're supposed to play 60 games, and they only played 58. (laughs) You still have to say, why aren't you playing those games? Yeah, it doesn't. It's because it's the Cardinals. Who's more? Which fan base is more cringy? I rolly. The Cubs or the Cardinals? Cardinals. The unwritten rules. What's the Cardinals win? Um, The Cardinals. I was in. (laughs) I was in Columbia, Missouri, for a, a football game. Between South Carolina and Mizzou, um, so what year was that? Don't remember the year. But the when was the last time the Cardinals played in the World Series? Because that was the year. 2013? Yeah, prob- probably then, then. Somewhere in there. After game two. Oh, look. We, we, it was the Saturday of that game. Uh, we went out to the bars down on the campus of, of Mizzou and at this sports bar, um, <laughs> after game two, the Cardinals won. And it was the, 2013. The bar started playing We Are the Champions. This is after game two. What? Started playing We Are the Champions. I had a Brewers last hat time I won on. Was like, what, 2011? I had a Brewers hat on. Just Yeah, you got to rock, you rock your team. I was told uh, some expletives and that I'm not worth a piece of the uh, and... Um, Did you fight him? No, I was like, dude, it's game two. What's going on? <laughs> we, it's wrapped up. Okay, and tis, I tis, believe tis. they went on to lose that series. Yeah, they did. Um, and I wish I could find that guy <laughs> and 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 just and show him what and, it's like. And yeah, let him know. Hey, RJ, I feel like you have a lot of people from opposing teams that come at you. I do while wearing. Yeah, you have a insert teams. happened in Iowa. Iowa for the Hawkeyes. It happened with the Cardinals. Cardinals. Um, I feel like there's been other Big Ten teams that have been mentioned, too. Not really. Uh, outside of just... You hate the Hawkeyes. Oh, there was one in Michigan State. Yeah, yeah there you go. Thinking, That's yeah. the one. I thought there was another one. After, after we uh, put a beating on them 
Uh, was that the one where you got trampled? Or uh... no, no, no. That that was at Iowa. Michigan State. Um... <laughs> the one where you got trampled? No, no, no. no. That was Iowa. So that same year, the Iowa fans rushing the field is when we got whooped by Michigan State. That was fine. They didn't, I'm starting they to think the common there. denominator is RJ in this. RJ, yeah. Walking, walking back. <laughs> Are you inciting violence? Walking back yeah. to our hotel from Spartan Stadium uh, four years ago. Because when I look at you, RJ, I don't, have the, I don't get an urge to punch you. No. Apparently right? Apparently, other people do, though. This, this lady. No, like, when you look at RJ, you get the urge to punch him? I don't. This, this, <laughs> this, this, this lady got right in my face. A lady? Go Sparty F Bucky. I was like, okay. Did well, you just bottle I, it inside? I was like, game's over. We won. I was like, okay, have a nice day. And yeah. I just kept walking. Yeah, kill him with kindness. Now, when, when those opposing fans come at you, do you bottle the rage inside? Or do you let it out? Some Has it come out? Most For, of the, Me, I just bottle it inside. Most of the time, it's laughing it off because it's like, uh, you don't you don't know me. You don't know me, bro. Like I've never I've been mad like two times in my life. Yeah, we know. Yeah, yeah. We, have, we always make fun of have, you for this. We have sound evidence of. <laughs> do you guys hear me blow up today? Come on, guys. Come on, guys. Let's just be cool, man. Let's, let's have let's be friendly. Come on, no man. need to yell at each Come on, other, bro. I just want to let you know I'm not happy right now. <laughs> It's like, well, you don't sound too bad. <laughs> Looking at Twitter right now, do you think the Brewers will beat the Dodgers in their best of three wild card series? You have two options. Yes, I believe, or no, put them out of their misery. Right now, I guess a lot of the majority is not a believer in Brewers fever, as no, put them out of misery, is at 52.6%. Rowdy, is that where you voted? It is. Oh, Nelly. <laughs> Nelly. No, uh, I mean, I the just... realist in me says, yes, the Dodgers, who are the best team in the majors, will win. But the, the optimist in me, the uh, captain of hope, the quote Mike McCarthy wants to believe in Brewers fever. Well, this one at the, at the point it's <laughs> when you look at it <laughs> I can't even the Dodgers Come are on, such Rowdy. a much better team than the Brewers. They played better, they have the better pitching, they have the the better bats that actually hit. Uh I I think I would say that the Brewers the only place I would feel more comfortable Come on, if I Rowdy. was the Milwaukee Brewers is the back end of my bullpen and Devin Williams and Josh Hader. But when you look at the Dodgers Kenley Jansen, he's pretty freaking good too. All right, let me ask you: The Warriors beat the the Mavericks. That's all I gotta say. Yeah, they were an eight seed. The Mavericks <laughs> were a one seed. That was two thousand and totally different sport. Was it two thousand four, three? It's that way around there. I forget what it wasn't it was. that long ago. It but let me ask you: I kind of was. <laughs> all right. Well, we were talking about that guy in the NFL who hadn't played since two thousand three. Who's so, that, who's that cornerback? Yeah. So I saw a crazy stat the other day, and it was talking about some of the the Dodgers big time players, right? So Turner's a little dinged up, isn't he? And then you have yeah. Bellinger. Who's, Bellinger's struggling who's a little bit. And he's in his career, he's struggled in the playoffs for the yeah. most part. Yep. Then you look at Mookie Betts, who obviously they got him in a trade with the Red Sox. He's also struggled in his career in the postseason. Well, they listed these numbers, and it was like Mookie Betts was hitting like 220-something in his playoff career. I think it was Bellinger was in the upper 170s. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's all fine and dandy, but that's what the Brewers bats have been hitting all year. Yeah. Well, the Brewers yeah. been saving <laughs> the Brewers like, been saving it all year, Nelson. Like they're talking about how that's so bad and then we're looking at the Brewers roster and go, "Well, that's been the norm this yeah. year." That's, the the that's Brewers all right. they've been saving it all year. They're ready to uncork those bats and get after it. Um, let me ask you though. So it's a bullpen game. I do tonight. like that it's a three-game series, though. Same. That's that's a huge positive for the Brewers. It's a bullpen yeah. game tonight. Brent Suter's taking the mound. And you won't have to say they were only four outs away. Right. And then we're gonna see probably <laughs> Freddie Peralta and then Devin Williams and Josh Hader. Game two is tomorrow, yeah. and then game three is Friday. If we have Brent Suter go four innings like he did in his last start against mm-hmm. the Cardinals, and then we see Peralta, Peralta probably go what? An inning? Then maybe we'll see Devin Williams. Hopefully, Peralta go two. I don't know. Yeah. You have to be asking for at least two innings from Peralta. If at we least see, two yeah. innings. and we've seen Craig Council of how he used Josh Hader and sometimes Devin Williams very sparingly. He's mm-hmm. very protective of their arms. If we do see Hader and Williams go, and I don't know. Suter only goes four, and then you got Freddie Peralta going two, and then you got Williams going one, and the Hader going one. Will we see in game two? Will we see Josh Hader again? Will we see Devin Williams again in game two? Because it's the next day. 
Hater maybe. Uh, Josh Williams, if he goes two, probably not. Devin, maybe Devin. Oh yeah, sorry. That's okay. Um, Devin Williams, if he goes two, probably not. Even if he goes one, probably not. So are we hinging that because game two, we're going to have Brandon Woodruff getting the ball. Mm-hmm. We're like, yo, dude, you're going to have to carry us a long ways. I feel like that would be unforgivable if you win game one and they both threw an inning, multiple innings. And you go to game two, and Brandon Woodruff, say, hits his wall in, in inning number seven, and you need to cover two innings. Yeah. If you can't give me one inning each in a elimination game, essentially, for the Dodgers, because right. the Brewers would be up one to nothing, why the hell else would you ever use them the rest of the series? Right. If and you're not trying to close out the series. It would be and unforgivable. I'm with you there, but it's also not... It, We've talked about it forever. We've always it's seen it. It's not the way Craig Council manages his staff. Like, so you have to go into it thinking they're not going to be able, what, able to play. What would your mindset be as a, just a team in general if you somehow pieced together a win in, in the first game mm-hmm. and Woodruff gave you seven strong innings and you and have you're, a lead? You're up, say, one to nothing going yep. into the, the eighth inning and you have Devin Williams and Josh Hader. Yeah, they pitched the day before, but they have an opportunity to close out the best team in baseball, the Los Angeles Dodgers, on their home field. Yep. How would you not use them? I would lose my mind. You know, I don't even know if I could physically come into work. I'd be right. so ill. That, that'd, be, that'd be like <laughs> one of those. I'm just thinking about if, it. If that scenario plays out and I'm Ryan Braun, I might be gone anyway. I tell Craig Council, I'm not playing tomorrow. Dude, if we, I would be if, if, physically we if we don't win and you didn't put those two guys in, be, if we don't win because you didn't put those two guys in, I'm not playing tomorrow. You quit on us, I'll quit on us. I would be I would also be physically ill. I would come into work though, Rowdy. But I would be physically <laughs> ill. If if I'll come into work though. I'd have to I'd quarantine in my room for two weeks. <laughs> I never miss work. I I I only called the only time I called in sick ever to work was you know, the NLCS when the Brewers lost to the Dodgers. You know exactly what would play. happen because the Brewers all of a sudden they wouldn't they would give up that lead and lose and then they would get absolutely creamed game three and you'd be sitting there going, well we were four outs away or we were six outs away and we'll have to hear that for six more months until the season restarts again. <laughs> they need to do. Craig Council now needs to manage like Apollo Creed told Rocky. There, there is no tomorrow. There is no tomorrow. Because to, well, there. I mean, there is because it goes game one, game two, game three. But the Brewers have, Thursday, to be, they have to be all hands on deck. Yeah. I mean, this is the best team in baseball. You get them in a three-game series. This isn't seven. You're not saving anyone. Right. You have three games. Yeah. And right now, your top three pitchers, only one's available. Yep. Yeah, because Corbin Burns, Corbin Burns is, is on is the IL. <laughs> Brett Anderson has a blister for like the 10th time this year. Yeah. There is no tomorrow, my friends. There is... Sorry, Brett. It's only the second time. Yeah, jeez. Get it right. It feels like three, though. This is this is what Craig Council needs to do. He needs to go watch. Yeah, man, what the hell are you doing? He needs to watch Rocky this three. Guy will knock you on your ass. He needs to watch Rocky oh, three before. You want to live in the hospital for five weeks this time? There's no swearing on this, is it? I, I don't you think I was so. Tough, this jump will kill you. All right. Come on, get your head on your shoulders, man. Let me just put Think my hands up. Think about the fight. Come on, Craig. Go I know you're listening. He's trying to hurt you, Rock. He's trying to hurt you. Okay, here he comes. This is Craig. Yeah. I know you're listening. Come on, He's Craig. Let's go, Craig. I like how he has his wife at his sparring session. This is Craig Council getting fired. Come on, Craig. There is no tomorrow, bro. He's hooking. He's hooking. He's hooking. Damn, Rock. Come on. Come on, Craig. What's the matter with you? Let's go, hater. There is no tomorrow. <laughs> Let's do it tomorrow. Come on, there Craig. There is no tomorrow. Let's go, Brewers. There is no tomorrow. Again, and I can't into a music montage. Dude, montages and Rocky just—that's the thing of beauty. I can't. I hope we're just in a situation a that montage. we can potentially be talking about this because that means the Brewers are right there to win. That'd be nice, Craig. I know you're listening. There is no tomorrow. Hater tonight. Hater tomorrow. Hater Friday. Well, I, Brewers might win in two, actually. Hater forever. Hater forever. Let's go to the phones. Welcome to the show. Who's this? Speaking of uh, Rocky Three, <laughs> I saw that at the Chicago Theater in Ludington, Michigan. Of course you did. Nelson really wants to go to Ludington, Michigan with you, uh, Charlie. Can you make that Man. happen? Yeah. Yeah, y'all. I mean, they don't have that theater more. I'd love driving. Charlie, I, I don't know the if there's enough back. booze in Ludington, Michigan to get me there. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, we gotta get the car ferry up and going next next year to keep in mind places only a summer resort made of the summer. Charlie, do you agree with Apollo Creed? That Craig oh, Council yeah, Craig Council should oh, take oh. his advice. Hey, he was a lot of things. He was a manlock. He's in a show called Arrested Development. And Al Kogan, don't call him Terry. Later. See you, buddy. Kirk out. Two totally different guys. Terry Bollea and Hulk Hogan. Two totally to- different totally guys. different guys. Thunderlips, if you will. Thunderlips, yeah. Craig, take Apollo Creed's advice. There is no tomorrow. Hater forever. Looking at Twitter right now. At Zone Madison, oh, the majority is not a believer in Brewers fever. No, put them out of their misery is at 55.8%. Uh-oh. All right, Nels. Brent Suter tonight in a bullpen game. What would you do? Because I know you've had a lot of um, choice words about Craig Council and his managing style. What would you do if Craig Council, yes, used Josh Hader, Devin Williams tonight, and then didn't tomorrow? When and if the situation did call for them to be, yeah, used. and I kind of said it. It's unforgivable. You have to go for the throat, right? Yes, it's a best of three series. If you're if you're up one nothing and you have an opportunity to win a second game, you got to go for the throat. It's the playoffs. <sighs> you can't leave doors open for teams to walk through. No, you really can't. And the games go. It's it's tonight, Thursday, Friday. Boom, boom, boom. Three games. Three games. Three days. Let's get her going. All right. So looking at the Milwaukee Brewers. It is a tall task because the L.A. Dodgers, and you had this stat in the 6 o'clock hour, Rowdy, when, when Vegas is throwing odds around of who's going to win it all, the Dodgers come in at number one. Yeah, they're the heaviest favorite and in, to be expected, right? They were the best team in baseball. The Brewers were one of the two teams that were under 500 and the first teams in the Major League Baseball history to make the playoffs with a losing record. So it only makes sense in a matchup like that that the Dodgers would be the heaviest favorite. Yeah. All right, so check this out. Milwaukee Brewers. Brent Suter on the mound. He's 2-0, 3.13 ERA, opposite of Walker Buehler. Brent Suter, and I, th- I throw this at Rowdy. It's funny. Walker Buehler's four-seamer, it averaged 96.8 miles per hour. It maxes out at 100.8. He's got an ERA at 3.44 and 36 and two-thirds innings pitched. Brent Suter's four-seamer maxes out at 89 miles per hour, and his average is 85.4. A little lower than Walker Bueller, but Suter, like I just said with the ERA a little bit ago, 3.13 ERA and 31.2 thirds innings of work. And um, Suter's been able to get it done in this past month. He started four times, and he's been crushing, man. He's never gone longer than four innings, though, hence the bullpen game. So you look at that, Milwaukee finished sixth in the NL. For the most part, though, when you're talking about Brent Suter, have you really ever been upset when he pitches? No. Even dating back a couple years ago when he had the spot start. I think Brent Suter's great. Yeah, Suter has always done his job. And he does it fast. He he spots the ball well. He he has a good pace. He mixes up his pitches well. Well, He's a left-hander. I saw people freaking out on Twitter. It's like, you can't keep up with the fastball, the four-seamer with Bueller. Does it? Does it? Ma- I mean, yes, you want some more speed, like you you alluded to, but does it matter? I, mean, I don't look how good he's been doing. I don't know. We should ask our our friends, like Dave from Anona, our, our Cub fan friends, if there are such things. How does Kyle Hendricks look? <laughs> that guy barely throws ninety. Yep. He mixes in a great changeup. Yep. This he does pretty well. And guess who's getting the nod today against the Marlins for the Cubs? He's their ace, Kyle Hendricks. By the way, go Marlins. Let's go. Uh, Milwaukee. I don't, I don't know guys like Greg Maddox that had great location and great movement on their pitches. Okay, I like it. I they, like it. They won double digits when they were in their forties. Rowdy, I know you believe in Brewers fever. You just kind of compared Brent Suter to Greg Maddox. There's a belief. I could. I could feel it. No, I did. I can feel it, do, Rowdy. Do not get it twisted. We, oh no, we were talking about Brent Suter. Then the Greg Maddox comparison came out. That's what I'm talking about. Let's go. Our Milwaukee, yeah, uh, yeah. For the fact that uh, <laughs> while he was later in his career throwing like eighty-eight miles an hour, the location and the movement on the pitchers were more important than throwing ninety-eight. Hey, Brent Suter could be a very successful real estate agent after this location, location, location. Milwaukee finished sixth in the NL with a staff but, ERA of four point one six, and the team's relievers were fourth in the NL four point one seven. I mean, this is pretty common for most pitchers, but it, it rings more true with Brent Suter since he doesn't throw hard. Since he has to rely on the movement and the location, 
he's got to throw strikes tonight. Because if he starts getting behind hitters, yeah, you're, you're doing. This could be a long series for the Brewers. All right. Speaking of, um, well, if he gets behind the hitters, how about hitters for the Brewers? Brewers offense. I think I'm being polite when I say this. Could use some improvement. They batted 223 as a team. That's good for 26th in the majors. Christian Yelich, the other 2018 NL MVP, he's batting 205. An OPS of 786. Nowhere near his marks of 1.1 1. 1 in 2019 and 1 in 2018. Keston Hira has led the NL in strikeouts. He has 85 strikeouts, Keston Hira. Yeah, none of those stats that you just read off are good. I'll give you some good ones. How about this guy right here, Daniel Vogelbach, plucked off waivers. 19 for 58, that's good for a 328 ERA, four home runs in 19 games for the crew. But he did have a leg injury on Sunday, and his status is uncertain right now. Vogelbach needs he needs to dip into that Ryan Braun stash that's around somewhere. Some of those PEDs, Rowdy. Yeah, I'm really curious to see how they come out and play tonight with their lineup. Same. So who's playing where? Who's batting where? Because there hasn't been much success. No. Some guys have had pockets of success. Overall, the team's hitting has struggled mightily. All right, I'm your glad pitching, you bring this up. Your pitching has been pretty solid, but two of those three starters that were solid mm-hmm. are no longer available. And you're talking about what we've been debating all morning. Do you use the back end of your bullpen in Williams and Hayter more than one day in a row? I mean, you have to. You have to. All right, so I'm glad you brought up you know the season as a whole. Our guy, uh, Bill Wiesensoul, tweets in. What's up, Billy? What's up, Wild Bill? Bill says right here, I may be channeling my inner Nelson, but what have the Brewers done this year to give you any hope that they can beat the Dodgers? And I read that tweet, and I've been thinking about it, and... Um, the only thing that I can really think of, I, the offense never really comes into my mind. It's all about the pitching staff. The The Brewers, any hope they can to beat the Dodgers is that that pitching staff comes in and they keep it a low-scoring game and the Brewers eke one out like 2-1, to 3-2. to two. What's, what's, If the Brewers are going to win, Rowdy, what do you think the, the final score is going to be? It's got to be low. You would imagine it would be low-scoring, especially with how – with how the Brewers have played, right? Yes. They haven't been scoring many runs. They're lower in the major league rankings when it comes to runs per game, they're, I mean, batting they're, average. Their ERA is 26. Their batting average is 26. Any, anything you can basically come up with, if it's a hitting statistic, it's not good. the Brewers are towards the bottom of. Unless it's strikeouts, they might be towards the top of that. I mean, Kesson here at least <laughs> the way. Kesson here at least And the that's way not that what one. you want to lead in. Uh, no. I guess in here, what did I say? 85, yeah, 85 strikeouts for Hero. Aye. Is there anything offensively that you're – because Daniel Vogelbach's injured now. His status is uncertain. We just were talking about that. Is there anything the Brewers offensively do that gives you hope that they can hang with a bigger offense like the uh, Dodgers? Hit home runs? <laughs> That wasn't very convincing. Well, it's, they, the, <laughs> I think there was a thing. question mark at the end of that. That's the thing. I mean, they haven't done many things well. They, they've they struck out a ton. Yep. They haven't hit for any average, but they do hit a lot of home runs. I mean, look at look at the two guys <sighs> that we've bitched about all year that they need to step up and play well. It's Keston Hira. It's Christian Yelich. Look at their home run numbers, though. They both finished with double-digit home yeah, runs. Yeah, Hira's got, what, 13 home runs? And um, I forget what Yelly has off the top of my head. But, yes, they do have home runs. What about this? Here's something positive. Ryan Braun started to kind of get hot at the end of the year. This could be this, – this is the swan song for Ryan Braun. This could be it for Ryan Braun. Is Ryan Braun going to be playing for the Milwaukee Brewers anymore? Doesn't Ryan Braun love playing in California? Doesn't Ryan Braun have a big stick in California? What a send-off. For Ryan Joseph Braun to go to Cali and just so show them what it's like and hit dingers. Let's hope he plays. Yeah, again, he's <laughs> he's another guy that let's hope he plays. He could all of a sudden have an oblique injury or a hamstring or a groin. It they pop up every single year. You you're always questioning whether he's going to be good or how long he'll stay healthy. 
But, I mean, going back to the Keston here and the Christian Yelichs of the world, they still did hit for power, though they didn't hit for average. I mean, Keston Hira's 13 home runs. If that's 162-game season, he's on pace to hit 35 home runs. And then Christian Yelich had 12. That's on pace for 32, 33 home runs. They, they still hit a quite a bit of home runs, yeah. and that's with not hitting for a high average. Now, I guess you're going to have to rely on either those two picking it up or just the Brewers' bats in general hitting home runs. We need hope, Rowdy. Hope. Hope springs eternal. We just got a tweet from C2DAG. Chris, I think you're Chris, right? And he sends this. Let me tell you something, my friend. Hope is a dangerous thing. Hope can drive a man insane. Hope is a dangerous thing, Rowdy. Hope can drive a man insane. I got hope, though, baby. I'm brimming with hope. I'm full hope. I'm, I'm the captain of hope. So, yeah. Three-game series, let's go. All, that's it. Three-game series. All the Brewers got to do is win two of them. I think that's the, that's the best thing you can have if you're the Milwaukee Brewers. All they have to do is win two. All they got to do is win two games. And the Brewers, twice this year, have won four games in a row. They can do it. They can see, do it, I, See, I would say that uh, the Brewers would have some revenge on their minds after losing the NLCS in 2018. But there's been so much turnover on the Brewers roster. Yeah, who even then? is on there anymore? That's I still... mean, you have Christian Yelich that was on that yep. roster. Orlando, Ryan Braun, Orlando Garcia, Garcia. Woodruff. Woodruff. You had Knable. You had Hater. But there's a lot of guys that weren't on those rosters that are now on this Milwaukee Brewer roster. So maybe that's a good thing. Unfamiliarity for the LA Dodgers against the Brewers. Maybe they can get those sticks waking up. I don't know. I still think I would rather roll with the 2018 uh, <laughs> batting batting order that also featured uh, Grandal and Mustakis. By the way, Grandal hit a yeah, whole run, run yesterday. Yeah. Grandal's not. Yeah, Grandal's balling, man. Go White Sox. So I saw actually. I watched that game. He had a his batting average this year was in the 230s, and I thought, man, that's pretty pretty down because normally he's like a 240, 260 hitter, somewhere yeah. there, right around 250. Yeah, that's a down year for him, too. But then I looked at the, the Milwaukee Brewers, Brewers team average being in the 220s go, well, he actually would have uh, raised the Brewers team average, and he only hit in the 230s. Uh, good thing the Minnesota Vikings can't catch anything. Seems like they don't have any COVID-19 in their facilities, even though they had to shut down. Why did they shut down? Well, it's because the Tennessee Titans ate. Eight. Players and staff have got the Rona. Yeah. The COVID-19, the Rones, all are asymptomatic, really showing no signs. <laughs> They're fine, but they did have to shut down. No official decision yet has been made on the Tennessee Titans game Sunday uh, against the Steelers in Nashville, and the NFL wants and intends to have the game played as scheduled. Rowdy, let me ask you, when you have uh, three players and five team personnel members test positive for the covid 19 for the Rones, the starting nose tackle, Daquan Jones, long snapper, Bo Brinkley, and practice squad tight end, Tommy Hudson. And then they didn't really list the, uh, the coaching staff. If you were a part of that staff in the facilities, would you still say, hey, let's go play some ball? I would. Yeah, I think, I think what you'd have to do is you obviously you would separate the people that tested positive from the people that are negative, correct? Yep. You have the people that are positive quarantine. You then... Two days, you shut it down for three days, and shut then you down. you retest. And if people are negative, you allow the people that are negative to come back and start practicing again. It's kind of like a. It's almost like since your team got COVID, you get penalized because you miss like two to three days of practice during that week. Mm-hmm. But if they end up having to cancel the game because there is a huge outbreak where they're not able to field the team, I feel like you almost have to just forfeit because there's really no bye weeks that are built into the season. Yeah, that's the one because thing. Unless the two teams playing each other happen to have the same bye week. Yeah, how are you going to do it? How are you going to do it? Yeah. You, you'd have to change the whole schedule. You'd have to change everything. I think it would just have to come down to forfeiting. Yeah, that would be tough, man. People are really pissed about that. Um, when it comes to... But I mean, how else would you do it? Yeah, yeah. 
And then it's not like unless you delay the start like of the football playoffs, and baseball are the same thing because you know how we were we were bitching earlier about how the Cardinals they should have played two more games on Monday. Yeah, they should have had that doubleheader to get to sixty. Well, here's the thing: there isn't very many injuries in baseball compared to NFL. Yeah, you you have guys go down and get hurt every single game in NFL football. You don't have that in baseball. You don't. Uh, team sources said that the Titans will prepare for this week's game primarily through virtual film study meetings. And the Steelers also issued a statement saying that they've been contacted with the NFL about the Titans' positive test, and their coach Mike Tomlin said that they are preparing to play Sunday's game as scheduled. My question, and you had the same question, is what does this do for the Vegas line? Yeah, obviously, you know, they're they're if they're quarantining and, and the organization's buildings are closed all week, one, you're not practicing. Yeah. Two, you're not really learning the other team's game plan or any schemes or anything that the coaches are going over. It's basically a throw a football out there and let's play football. Yeah, let's go, baby. I mean, that's now, why they expanded the practice squad with more players, just in case something like this Now, happened. if a game popped up where it was like interdivision foes, where it was like Packers versus uh, Vikings, you'd be way more familiar with the team you were For playing. Sure. So then it would probably just come down to you know, coaches, coaches, schemes, coaches, game plans, because you kind of already know what you're doing. Yeah. But if it's a, it's a completely random team, like say it was the Packers playing the Titans, it's a team they don't play all that, mo- like all that recently, they don't see all that much. It literally might just be throw, flip a coin. And the Vikings, they'll, their next game is Sunday at Houston against the Texans. So who that's knows a team they don't play very often. No. And uh, looking at this, also the head. So that's yeah. That's why I'd be wondering how would they come out with what would they come out with the line be? Just yeah. because both teams aren't really going to have any practice. Well, take that back. The Vikings really wouldn't have any practice. Houston could still be practicing for it. Yeah, definitely because they're not uh, infected with the disease. Are they going to do the virus? You know, maybe maybe they'll try these Zoom practices. We'll see how that goes. Like they did. They've been working their, out for the Packers off, though. Off season workouts. Hell, Aaron Rodgers called the off season workout in his desert rose. So Cleet Black, uh, Cleet Blakeman, the head referee that officiated that, uh, what was it, uh, Vikings Titans game? Yep. He will be tested daily now for COVID nineteen this week, and uh, out of abundance of caution, and he will not work a game in Week Four. So they're going to sit him down, let him just do his thing, even if he is negative. Um, and Goodell was saying, each quote, each of us has a special responsibility to keep others safe and healthy. What each of us does affects not only ourselves and our immediate families, but many others on our own club and on other clubs. See, that's where I think they, they go a little over the top here with this. Like you're sending a guy out a week. What if he tested positive or what if he tested negative six straight days after the game? Got to sit then, him. Then all of a sudden you still have to sit. It's kind of like the... It's, yeah, it's, it's nonsense. In my opinion, it's overcautious. Totally. Because if you're negative and you've been negative for six straight days, I think you're freaking negative. So players who test positive for COVID-19 and remain asymptomatic, which all of the cases, according to many outlets, all of the cases in Tennessee are all asymptomatic. If you are a player that shows no symptoms and are asymptomatic, you can return 10 days after the f- symptoms first appear and 72 hours have passed since any symptoms have ended. You just have to have a couple tests. Well, they make that 10-day rule. That's pretty much two games. Yeah. Because think about it. When are you probably going to test positive for the COVID-19 virus if you do get it? It's probably going to be right before the game because you're getting tested yeah. or, or the right days after. right after it. So then you miss that week, which is seven days. So you miss that next game and that would be three days after. Yeah. I mean, that could be potentially two games that you're out. Let them play. And then there's this, the NFL players association. And you might only test positive for the virus for two days. The virus. Yeah. There's this, the NFL players association uh, posted latest data for all NFL cities, the green Bay Metro area. With a 14-day average, a new daily average, out of it's per 100,000 people, they have a new daily average cases rate of 66.6. The mark of the beast, 666. 66.6 per 100,000 people. That's the highest of all NFL cities. The next closest city in the NFL is Houston at 28.7 per 100,000 people. 
And Packers head coach Matt LaFleur is like, yo, we're doing our due diligence. We're very mindful. We're going to be doing everything we've done. Our guys are disciplined. We're taking care of ourselves, and we still plan on playing Monday night against the Falcons. More has been revealed on the COVID-19 front for the Tennessee Titans and the Minnesota Vikings. Coming off Twitter just a few minutes ago, a few big J's talking about it. One more Titans player learned early this morning that he tested positive for the Roans in Tuesday's round of COVID-19 testing. And all of Tuesday's other tests in Tennessee and all tests for the Vikings have come back negative. So no one so far on the Vikings has the Roans negative. One extra person on the Titans got it. So that was uh, now nine for Tennessee. So there you go, Rowdy. I don't know if they're going to get this game in for the Titans on Sunday. We'll see, though. Do we know exactly when the Titans took these tests? Was it directly after the game or like the next day? Well, the like news Monday? the news broke what? It was it was it was Monday afternoon, right? The news broke. So I'd imagine they either took it Monday or Sunday. I'd imagine Monday morning. And then they took more tests yesterday, and then now they're finding the results today. Um so there's now nine Tennessee Titans players and zero Minnesota Vikings players. God, good thing Mike Zimmer wore his mask on the sideline, huh? Good thing. You, I w- I'm just trying to think of when when they would have picked it up. Would it have been that Sunday after the game? Because in theory, no one on that playing field was positive. You mm-hmm. wouldn't have been in the building. Yeah. So it sounds like the Titans would have had to have picked up the virus, what, Sunday when they were leaving? Sunday after the game? Yeah, I don't know. Like, well, the incubation period is what, like? F- two days? It? Two to five days, whatever it is. I don't know. I'm not a doctor, but I could pretend to be one for a while. I did stay at a Holiday, or a, what was it, a Holiday Inn once? Was that the commercial? Holiday Inn Express. There you go. I stayed at one one time. All right, so the NFL Players Association, their new data, the Green Bay metro area is the highest average daily, the 14-day average daily new cases is the highest in the NFL at 66.6 per 100,000 people. And the next closest city is Houston at 28.7 per 100,000 people. And you'd be crazy to think that there wasn't going to be a little COVID-19 here and there, a little dust up in the NFL. Oh, yeah, I mean, we had it in the majors. Well, yeah, and that MLB, they figured that too. That's why they expanded the rosters. Yep. Though they never really ended up using them because if anyone was tested positive, they still shut the game down. So I'm not exactly sure why they actually changed the rule. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I know what you're saying. Because, I mean, they really, in theory, they could have stuck with the same amount of of roster that they normally have in a regular season because when there was people that were testing positive, they instantly shut down the games anyways. So it doesn't really make sense why they expanded the roster. Uh, Yeah, let's see here. More comments from um, uh, Ty Summers said, quote, I think the biggest thing we've got to remember is this is real. (laughs) Regardless of what people's opinions are on it, there's people that are getting this, and at the end of the day, people who have it, they can't play. It's all about being smart, obviously. And then, uh, quote, I know right now Green Bay's got a really high number, so head coach Matt LaFleur has been making an emphasis just for us to be smart, recognize where we're going, who we're around. That way we don't bring that in here, Lambeau. We enjoy playing football. We'd like to keep playing. And, yes, they do because they're 3-0 and and they'll host the 0-3 Falcons well, Monday like night at Lambeau. Even with Green Bay being number one on that list for the highest cases, here's the thing with Green Bay. What do we know about Green Bay and NFL players? They don't they live in Green it. Bay. They, they live like in Appleton. And they, and they say that it's the worst nightlife <laughs> in the whole NFL. There's yeah. nothing to do there's in Green to Bay. Do. I don't know. It sounds like a pretty good time to stay home then if there's nothing to do in Green Bay and, and there, there's a high rate of COVID-19 in your area. Sounds like the perfect formula just to stay at home and chill and then go to football practice and games. Seems, seems you know, not too bad, eh? It's not like you can go out to bars and do anything. Not like You can know, like go, go to a concert, not like you can go do anything. Might as well just practice football and then go home and grind on some Netflix. I mean, that's what it sounds like a lot of Watch these players. Watch some MLB playoffs. According to a lot of the players in the past, that sounds like what they kind of do, right? Because there's nothing to do in Green Bay. Yep, there ain't nothing. What's the highlight of Green Bay? Um, is there an Applebee's there? For What's some it? people, it's probably the casino. Oh, yeah, some people. I Trust me, it, yeah. Their vices got them there. Um, 
What's the highlight of Green Bay besides going to a Packers game? I guess the Krolls is a good supper club, but I don't think... Is that open? I don't think it is. How about Pambo? Pambo, that's a beautiful house right by Lambeau Field. I'd go party with Pam Yonke. In fact, I have partied with Pam Yonke at Pambo. It is awesome. You should do it sometime, Rowdy. Partying at Pambo with Pam Yonke. That right there is the highlight of Green Bay. <laughs> and it's fun, dude. Highly successful sports director, Zach Halpern, with the cutest puppy around. Zach, how are we doing today? Doing great. If uh, the 2003 series is played this year, Bartman doesn't exist. Yeah, there's no one in the stands. And the Marlins don't win the World Series. I, well, yeah. yeah you'd, you'd say the Yankees do, right? Sure. Because we can't give it to the Cubs. No, 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 no. Zach, let me ask you though. So no fans in the stands, obviously, being played in Wrigley. Do you think if there were fans allowed in the stands and Bartman trotted out there, do you think Cubs fans would still rip him limb from limb? Do you think they truly forgiven him? Yeah, I think they. As soon as they won the World Series, they forgave him, just like everyone forgave Brett Favre as soon as the Packers won the Super Bowl. It's like, ah, it's okay. it's okay. It's okay. We came out on top in the end. That's all that matters. I think if the Cubs were a true... I don't uh, think they're... Yeah? Go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, if the Cubs truly are a classy organization, which they aren't, but if they were, they would invite Bartman back to be the lone fan in the stands to just sit there without having to worry about anything. Well, they are a very classy organization. If you don't, uh, if you don't believe us, just ask them. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. All right, Zach. Right? Yeah, totally. Um... When it comes to baseball, I want to talk Packers and Badgers coming up here. But when it comes to baseball, with the bullpen game today, tonight I should say, nine oh eight, my God, and you got Brent Suter on the mound, are you a believer in Brewers fever? Do you think the Brewers have an opportunity or a chance to take down the L.A. Dodgers, the best team in the majors with the best favorites in the NL, to win the World Series? Do you think the Brewers can do it? No. Just, just, just like that? I think if if Corbin Burns was pitching tonight, so no. If Brent Suter, <laughs> and, and Brent Suter, like if, if he, like if he pitches like he has, he's started four games. He's only given up two runs in those four starts. Now he's never gone deeper than four innings in any of those starts. But he's actually been he's actually pitched pretty well as a starter. Um, you know, if they can get to if they can get to Devin Williams in the seventh with the lead, then I think they can maybe grab a game. Then you just have to hope that Brandon Woodruff is uh, locked down on Tuesday. But I, I just don't know how you, they score enough runs. I mean, no, that's they, the thing. Isn't like isn't like uh, like eighteen or nineteen percent of their total uh, run production this year come from like two games yeah. when they scored the like the nineteen and the twenty runs in those games? It's not good. So no, I I would not be. Their batting average is twenty six. Their batting average is twenty six in the majors. That's not good. And that seems high to me. Chris or uh, Christian Yelich is batting two hundred five, and Keston here has eighty five strikeouts. That leads the NL. Yeah, so I don't, I don't know. You're, if your best players aren't going to play well, it's going to be really difficult. Most of you guys haven't played well this year. No, they really haven't. Um, but, no, but let's be let, let's be fair. No one on that. I mean, I don't know who you could point to and say that's a, a really good year. Vogelbach, sure. And he's been, took, been there it, for two weeks. <laughs> it, it, it took him to. It took getting cut by two other teams for him to for him to have any success. Hey, third time so. was the charm, baby. That's all. he looks like the Brewers barrel man. Like he's a perfect yeah, and, and, fit. And now you have to hope that he actually plays tonight. Yeah, because he's got a leg injury. Yeah, that's tough. Got the injury, dealing with the injury. So, all right. So, Zach, you and Nelson on the same wavelength. You guys are not Where a believer. Oh, dude, I'm the captain of hope. Yeah, I believe it's a three game series. It's the best thing possible for the Brewers. No, they got to oh, win sure. two games. Oh. Yeah, no, there's no doubt. You know, no one's beaten the Dodgers three straight times this year, but they've lost two or three plenty of times. So, yeah, I mean, if that's the way you want to think about it, that's that's fine. I just. You know, and maybe they get to Walker Bueller, who's only pitched, I think, uh, four innings in the last three weeks because of a blister. Yeah, a little blister. And Brad Anderson is what? I said, yeah, a little blister on Walker Bueller. Yeah, and then, you know, maybe Clayton Kershaw goes back to being playoff Clayton and you get something going on in game two. I mean, there are, if you want to hold on to hope, there are, uh, you know, some nibble, there's some strings here to pull on, but. I don't. I mean, if you've watched this team at all this year, it's really difficult to to have any hope. Yeah, um, the common theme when I watched the Milwaukee Brewers through sixty games this year was mostly, "Why the hell am I watching this?" That was usually yeah. my thought. Yeah, Zach, a yeah, little fun good, fact great. here for the Dodgers: they actually lost just two out of three in one series this year. <laughs> Who's that against? Colorado Rockies, September fourth yes, through the sixth. But they've lost back-to-back games how many times? Not too many. We'll we'll get the research department. Well, there's only sixty games. You know, so if you, if it happens five times or four, four times, times, they did it four times. Yeah, so that's what eight. That's uh, nearly fifteen uh, percent of the season. 
Well, there you go. Look at math on the fly. I was told there'd be no math today. So I'm going to move on. Zach Halpern, our sports director, joining us right now. <laughs> um, Zach, what is happening with the Wisconsin Badgers today? Yeah, finally, right? They've been, on, they've been practicing for a week now, and today they will put on the pads. It becomes real football today for the Badgers at Camp Randall. Let's go, baby! Um, when it comes to, I see now, and, and you know, to go with the NFL, you have the Tennessee Titans breaking out. I guess they have nine now, COVID-19 outbreak, or uh, yeah. nine positives. They're all asymptomatic. And then you have the Vikings having none. But then I was reading your awesome, highly insightful article at com about COVID-19 in Wisconsin kind of raising um, has there been any more news on the COVID-19 front for the Wisconsin Badgers? Because I see the Packers talking about it with so many NFL yeah. cities and them being number one. But has the Badgers said anything else lately about the Rona? Yeah, so no one's talked since last Wednesday. So that's the last time Paul Chris talked. He, he'll talk later this morning. So okay. we'll, be, we'll be able to ask him, um, including, you know, do they have all their guys back? Um, my understanding is they don't, but we'll be able to ask and get – I don't think we'll get a number or anything like that, but Paul Chris can talk about it a little bit more, and uh, and we'll see. I, they're getting close here. Like, if you test positive here in the next, if you, t- it's what? It's today the 30th? Yes. Yeah, so if you, test, if you test positive today or tomorrow, it's, I think it's probably very unlikely that you're playing in game one because you have to sit for at least 21 days after a positive test, and it'd be hard for them to turn around and, and get ready in a couple days' time after not practicing for three weeks for that Illinois game on the 24th. So, any positive test from this point on will impact the season. Now, why do you think it is 21 days to sit? Because if you're asymptomatic and then you test negative so many times, like in the NFL, you can be back within 10 days. Why do you think it's 21? Is it to curb the, the college kids from wanting to go out? Well, no, the, it's an NCAA rule. First, uh, the, the 14 days is. Like, yeah. that's, a, that's an NCAA rule. And then the Big Ten instituted another seven days for uh, uh, testing of the heart. Oh, and, the heart and, testing, okay. So that's why that's a, that's the extra seven days after that fourteen. So, yeah, I mean it, it's uh, it's more restrictive than any other conference, but I also think it was one of those things that you had to give up to be able to get the season to play. And I've seen I've seen coaches, I believe Scott Frost, of course, complain uh, about some of the regulations in place. But again, you're playing football now, and if it's like it, it seems like he wants absolutely everything the way that he wanted it to be, and it's not. And so he's got to complain about it. Speaking of um, uh, the, the Wisconsin Badger football team, and then as we transition to the NFL, I saw this retweet from you, and I was like, "Damn, that's pretty. That's pretty cool." NFL touchdowns, most pass, pass and rush tutties by colleges this season. Wisconsin is number one with seventeen, leading yeah, the NFL. How about that? And it's, it's a little misleading, no? Mister Unlimited. Uh, yes, Mister Unlimited. You got your boy Russell, 14. dude, leading. 14 of the 17 touchdowns belong to him. I believe uh, Jonathan Taylor has two and Melvin Gordon has one. So, yeah, uh, congratulations to Wisconsin for leading that. But uh, Russell's been insane. Yes. And he's, uh, he be, I mean, three games in, but clearly the MVP of the first three weeks. Well, hey, man, there's uh, in second place for that uh, most NFL touchdowns by colleges, Cal comes in at number two with 15. I got to think there's one guy that's uh, leading that charge, though. Nine. Nine for Aaron Rodgers, right? And Jared Goff's got to have the other. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers, a little Wisconsin connection. What are we thinking about Aaron Rodgers? I mean, Mr. Unlimited, Russell Wilson, I think is cemented right now as the MVP through three weeks, but where would you put Aaron Rodgers in that MVP list? We had it, uh, we were talking about two days ago, we had Russell Wilson, uh, Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, not Pat Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes. And yeah, don't be don't do that. I don't want to piss his mom off. And mommy be coming for you. She, how's she look? Is she okay? And then we have. I don't know. I'll find out. And she's she's the she's the wife of a former professional baseball player, so I'm sure she's all right. Yeah. <laughs> and then Josh Allen, number four. Uh, you just said Russell Wilson, you're number one, but where would you put Aaron Rodgers on the MVP list? I put him in number two. That's that's a good call there. I mean, he's been fantastic. Nine touchdowns, zero interceptions. His pass rating is up close to what it was in 2011 when he won the MVP. I think he's at 121-something, and he was at 122 back in 2011. And the highest pro football focus grade, and uh, his uh, his QBR is way up there, too. I mean, he's he's been fantastic, and uh, he's kind of – I don't know if he I – mean, he's kind of needed to be at times because of the defense not necessarily holding up its end of the bargain all the time, but they did when it counted on Sunday, obviously, those those last two stops, but – He's been he's been great and he's done it without uh, necessarily the greatest weapons known to man. 
Yeah, definitely. So last year, after the first game, we did Aaron Rodgers saying, you know, we got a defense. Well, looking at the Packers this year, as you were just talking about Rodgers having to kind of carry that torch, Packers gave up 34 to the Vikings, 21 to the Lions, and 30 to the Saints. What is Zach Halpern's take on the Packers, the green and gold defense? I think the the Minnesota game was, was kind of a fluke with some of the late uh, late yards that, that Kirk Cousins put up. Kirk Cousins put up because uh, there was I think it was blown coverage on one, another just a perfect pass to. We kind of talked about it. Perfect, perfect pass to Adam Thielen. Had they actually used uh, Justin Jefferson, it may have been a different game, kind of like uh, this this past week right. when he tore it up. Um, the Lions scored fourteen early and then only had seven the rest of the way. And the Saints are the same thing. Alvin Kamara is a beast, um, and the Packers are down. You know, Christian Kirksey, they were down Rashawn Gary. You know, they, they are, uh, they're missing guys, but it's not a great defense by any stretch. But luckily for them, their offense has uh, started to be what it was, you know, 2014, 2011. They're on that, that type of a, of a swing right now, and that'll work. But at some point, someone's going to slow them down at least. But is there a single shutdown defense in the NFL right now? Like, no, is there a defense no. you can point to and say, uh, yeah, I don't. I don't think the Packers can score against that, or I don't think you know. There's no way they're going to be able to keep up with that because of this defense. I don't think there is. This is a. It's as offensive as the league as any. I think it's the most points scored through the first three weeks of any NFL season. Yeah, um, well, you would have. You you might have said Baltimore, and then you watched what Patrick Mahomes oh, did yeah, on Monday. Insane, dude. Yeah, to Patrick yeah, no, Mahomes I mean, was just balling. Yeah, Pat Mahomes is a beast. Pat, it's Patrick. Like, I, don't, I don't make me tell his mom. Pat, Patrick Mahomes is a beast, you. but I like. I, I don't think there's a. There's a defense that's going to come in and say, you know, Green Bay, you're not going to do this, you're not going to do that. Like, if they're protecting like they have the first three weeks, it's going to be impossible to slow uh, Aaron Rodgers. Uh, looking around the uh, NFL, AFC, the Bills are 3-0. and The Chiefs are 3-0. and The Steelers are 3-0. and The Titans are 3-0. and And then you go to the NFC, uh, the Seahawks are 3-0. and The Packers are 3-0. and Out of all those undefeated teams, where would you rank the Green Bay Packers? Where do they fall in the Zach Heilprin power rankings? Didn't you forget a team there? Yeah, 3-0. and yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> some big Nick energy, the Chicago Bears. They, they seem like they're yeah. 0-3 to me. It's crazy. Yes, they are also 3-0. and It feels like they're uh, 0-3, or at least they should be 1-2 and maybe uh, at, uh, at best, perhaps. Uh, either way, yes, they're 3-0. and uh, As big of a fraud of a 3-0 and team as you could possibly be. Um, <laughs> right? No? Yes, they totally are. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, I would always put the, I'd put the Chiefs number one. I'd put the... Uh, the Seahawks number two, and I put the Packers number three. Okay, I like that. I take that. That's fair. That's very fair. I think I'd kind of do that yeah. too. And then of the three, no teams. I like got the Bears are at the bottom. The Titans be at the bottom. I think neither one probably should be where they're at right now. But and then there's like the the zero and three teams that probably shouldn't be zero and three. The Atlanta Falcons shouldn't be zero and three. It should be two and one. But um, you know that's the and Matt Lafleur's talking. Well, who would their who would their one who would their one win be then? You said the Falcons should I, be. I said two. I said two, oh, two then who would their who? I mean, I, you know exactly what their two wins should be. Who? They should have won on Sunday against Chicago. Yeah, right? I agree. I agree with that. Yeah. And yeah, you're I mean, gonna, they, are you going to say the Cowboys? No way, dude. Did you <laughs> see that game? That was all skill. That was all coaching. Yeah, <laughs> just like just like Sunday's loss to Seattle was, was all coaching. No, that was all in the players. All right, Zach. Okay. When it when it comes to the Chicago Bears, though, let me ask you before I let you go here. Uh, the passing of the torch had happened. I'm surprised it didn't get uh, you know inadvertently thrown away from a Mitchell Trubisky inadvertent pass. <laughs> Trubisky to now Big Nick. Nick Foles is is he now? Are the Bears considered a serious threat in the NFC North with Nick Foles under the helm? No. No, no. I mean, it, what's a bigger Atlanta, no? The Brewers having a chance against the Dodgers, or the Bears being a threat with Nick Foles now? Which one is what? A bigger no for you, because you said no right away for both. Oh, the Brewers. No. <laughs> Anyways, back to Nick Foles. Nick Foles. Yeah. Not, I, not I the answer. Are, yeah, Nick Foles is a, is, a, is a better choice than the Brewers being the Dodgers. Look, I mean, he's, if he as long as he hits open, like, <laughs> he doesn't throw stupid passes and horrible interceptions. You know, if he gets to play against the Atlanta Falcons every week, yeah, sure, he's a threat. But I don't think that's going to be the case. And they lost Tariq Cohen to a torn ACL. I, I, their weapons don't necessarily scare you. you got Jimmy Graham. Was that a, re, a, a rejuvenated Jimmy Graham, just like we thought uh, the Packers were getting in, like, two years ago? Yeah, yeah found I, the fountain uh, of youth a little bit. Well, whatever. You know, and <laughs> we'll see. Whatever. You know, the, the Bears... The Bears. The only way the Bears are, are threat is if their defense uh, is an elite defense. And as I said before, there's no de- there's no elite defense in the NFL right now. 
No, there really isn't. It's, I mean, the NFL is set up now to be like it's the offense, 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 and if your defense can't even breathe on a guy. Well, and here's the other thing: until there's until there's fans in the stands, that that will stay that way, right? Does Aaron Rodgers want fans in the stands? You think that dude is a beast at that at the snap? He, said, Hard he, he says yes. He says yes, but I think it's I think he's just fine with not having to deal with crowd noise in New Orleans and my and uh, Minnesota. Yeah, um, Zach. And one last question before I let you go: How's the little puppers? How's the little <laughs> Dane doing? Who's a good boy? He's he's doing great. He's doing fantastic. Was in the office yesterday. Yeah. Thanks. For, thanks. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. He had a great time. Actually, much better time. The second this time around than he did the first time. I don't know why. No, he told me that he loved when I walked him around the <laughs> office the other day. I think it's I think it's because everyone was calling him Donnell uh, when he came in the last. Yeah, he was calling him Donnell Pumphrey. That's not that wasn't yeah. his name. Yeah, no, that's uh, he didn't appreciate that. He he told me about that on the way home. He said, "Make sure when I go back the next time, none of those people are there." Yeah, it's, uh, Dane, Ron Dane, Dane Heilprin. Yeah, <laughs> Zach, thanks for your time, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, bye. All right, there he is, our sports director, Zach Heilprin.